What you missed on Weekend Mornings with Jason Dacey. The World Cup is almost here. It starts on Thursday, and this is Money FM's preview with two people who know plenty about football. I'd like to welcome back Neil Humphreys, author and columnist, and also former football player from his days growing up <laughs> in the UK. And our old friend Ash Hashim, she's the football eater. She's also a FIFA approved agent here in Southeast Asia. Ash, this is like old times, the three of us getting back together. Yes, yes I'm getting deja vu vibes, actually. It's great to see you guys again. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me on the oh, show. But she's big time now. Since she we is. saw last yes. time, she's it's an been. agent to the stars. And yeah. uh, she's just come back from uh, Germany uh, via the Bundesliga, you know, the, ah. getting all these media junkets, Jason. I mean, We're trying to get our Big Singaporean time We're so blessed there. that you have deigned us worthy of your yeah, presence exactly. this morning. Thank you so much. She's a mover and shaker, she is. But it all starts on Thursday. It's the first match, of course, Russia against Saudi Arabia. That's 11 o'clock mm. local time kickoff. So it'll be the early hours of Friday morning. Mm. This is the 21st FIFA World Cup held from June 14th to July 15th. It's the first World Cup held in Europe since the 2006 tournament in Germany. First ever, Neil, in Eastern Europe Mm. and the 11th time it's been hosted in Europe. So what would you say about uh, the big picture of this Russian World Cup? Big picture. Well, um, let's try not to be too controversial on a Saturday morning. It needs to be all about the football. That may seem self-evident, but it really isn't. I have never seen such a low-key build-up to a World Cup as this one. We're we're only four or five days away. Um, So I hope the football uh, takes precedence because there are genuine fears. I mean, we saw this week that Danny Rose Mm. said he's not... I mean, Danny Rose obviously is a a black footballer, an England footballer. He told his parents, broke his father's heart, do not come to watch me in the World Cup because I cannot guarantee you will not suffer racist abuse on the streets of Russia. Mm. There are all kinds of travel advisories, the likes of which we've never seen before at any World Cup. Beware hooliganism, beware racism, beware homophobic attacks. You know, I'm not stating anything that's not out there already in the public domain. Um, I have read many articles, seen many documentaries about potential hooligan attacks. So let's just ensure this is about the football. On the football side, I think it's very interesting. Actually, I don't know what you think because it's the most open World Cup. I mean, I know we're going to talk about contenders later, but there is no standout you know, uh, sort of contender this time around. There are four or five uh, good teams, not necessarily great teams that could win it. So it's certainly the most open, diverse World Cup we've had in in recent years, which is a great thing. So Ash, what's your feeling as we get closer? Do you feel that it maybe doesn't have the build-up that we've seen of uh, some of the previous ones like Brazil or Germany, for example? Um, Speaking of Brazil, obviously, they want to come back from that defeat against Germany. I I think there's revenge on the line. But like Neil said, a lot of political undertones, especially the first game. We're seeing Saudi Arabia and Russia and definitely doesn't feel so much like football. A couple of agents that I know that are going for the game, they're excited. But again, they're also a bit worried about their safety. I'm not sure how it's going to how it's going to end up, you know, also for players as well. You know, they're also worried. Um, but I think I'm really excited actually about this World Cup. I'm really looking forward to it. I, I don't know. There's something, <laughs> I feel like we're going to get a, a, a different kind of, of um, champion winner, maybe. You're going to buy some players. That's why. <laughs> exactly. Add them to your agency roster. I know what she's doing. It's, it's yeah. a really bad idea to buy players after a big tournament. Yeah, that's right. It oh, is. We've seen yeah. many stories. We can, we can probably tell you a hundred stories of players that were bought that weren't uh, were good in the World Cup but weren't good after that. But Neil, mm. we mentioned uh, Saudi Arabia and 
Russia that and Saudi Arabia just uh, lost two one to Germany. Yes, in, uh, friendly. Yes, uh, overnight. So looking at Germany, mm. uh, a lot of the same names are there in the squad compared to. Uh, 2014. There doesn't even like you know Mario Gomez is still there. I know. I think the Germany one is one of the most interesting teams in the tournament because they're all down as the favourites. They're not my favourite, but they're number mm. one in the FIFA World Rankings. You know, everyone expects Defending them to win. Champs. Half their team, yeah. reserve team, won the Confederations Cup last year. But my issue with Germany is that apart from they've had a very poor run of late, I believe that Jurgi Löw has been experimenting a little bit too much. And I hate this cliche, but it happens to be true. They've lost the core leadership that saw them through their previous tournaments. Uh, Schweinsteiger, um, Philipp Lahm at right back. Mm -hmm. You can't underestimate these players, Per Mertesacker and what they did in the dressing room. We've got 11 Mesut Ozil types (laughs) now. Uh, You know, can be fantastic Mm -hmm. one week, can disappear the next. If you look at their... I mean, look at the players they left out. Everybody talks about... uh, Leroy Sané. Exactly, Leroy Mm -hmm. Sané being Mm -hmm. left out. Mm -hmm. But I I like their midfield a lot. I mean, you look at Kadira, Draxler, Tony Cruz, Mesut Ozil. Players that were there last time, right? Players who were there last time. But up front, they do not have a conventional goal scorer. This has been Germany's problem for a while now. They've played Thomas Muller, mm. often in a false number nine role or sometimes cutting inside. Everyone's talking about the new hotshot, Timo Werner. But again, very inexperienced uh, at, at tournament level. So good midfield, solid defence. Um, but they just don't have, I believe, that wow X factor that other teams like Brazil and possibly Spain have. Mm. They'll go far. It's Germany. You yeah. know, it's a game played by 11 players and the Germans <laughs> always win, right? But I don't think they will go all the way this time. They just missed that leadership quality that got them over the edge in the final against Argentina four years ago. I was there. Uh, They just don't quite have that for me this time around. All right, let's change gears to Brazil with you, Ash. Uh, We mentioned that semi-final where Brazil were humiliated. It was 7-1, wasn't it? Yes. People were crying. People were were crying. My dad was one of them. I was there very briefly. I was there at American Art. I know the game was played in uh, Belo Horizonte, but I was there in the the press uh, pool area of the American Art Stadium People were crying. Grown men it's and women were crying. And I was a bit like, get a grip. Brazil. It's just a football match. But they were, they were crying. <laughs> well, I can remember David Luiz and others looking so, uh, you know, ashen. Dead, yeah. So tell, tell us your view on Brazil and how they can take that pain into this tournament and how they're looking. You know, anger is a really good emotion in football, mm-hmm. like to say. You can really use it to come back from, you know, your losses. And I think Brazil definitely... I have, like they're one of the teams that I'm really excited to yeah. see because like Tite has done done a lot you know for this team he's really going out to make sure that the attack and and it is all young you know I'm really excited to see how Gabriel Jesus does I'm very excited yes. to see how you know Coutinho is leading the midfield and and of I think there's a bit of over-reliance on Neymar at this point, a lot of pressure on him. Yeah. But I'm not sure if um he's the only player that we should be excited about because Brazil as a unit, they are a lot more compact. They are a lot more exciting. I feel than those that David mm-hmm. Luiz team that lost seven one. Mm-hmm. I really feel that they have that, and I want to talk about also the fact that um, four years ago there was one player, of course, Manchester City's Gabriel Jesus. You know, he mm. was actually painting the roads of Palme- I mean, of, of Brazil as a Palmeiras player. He had no idea yeah. he was going to become. That's a, four years yeah, ago. Yeah, that was four yeah. years ago. And now he's actually been called up to the national team. So I think it really shows the quality of the squad. It shows that you, if you play well in Brazil, you play in, in the Brasileiro and you, mm. you you make it somehow. You know, every it's player possible. wants. It's possible, yeah. Mm. I agree with so, that. I mean, yeah. Dunga 
uh, the previous coach being sacked, even though he was a legend as a footballer, mm. was the best thing that could happen to Brazil. Exactly. I mean, I, I've, interviewed, wasn't I, I've interviewed Dunga. He, you know, he talks a glass eye to sleep. <laughs> he, 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 he's a boring coach and he was a boring manager and he played defensive football with arguably the most attacking lineup Brazil has had mm. in a decade. Mm. If you can, if you compare very briefly the teams you mentioned there when they played Germany, they lost 7-1. They had players like Fred up front who looked like he walked off he the lived, set of the Adams he lives family. On the beach. Yeah, I mean they had Fred and Hulk, right? These are these are characters from the Avengers. These are not players to play for Brazil. If you look at their attacking lineup now, for me, it's by far the most exciting attacking yes. lineup. The front six of Brazil. Any of these players, Fernandinho, Brilliant. Gabriel Jesus, Neymar, William, Roberto Firmino. And Brazil have got two really good goalkeepers for the first time. Either yeah. goalkeeper, Edison yeah. and the guy they won at Liverpool. You know, um, they haven't had good keepers in the past. No, they've had terrible, terrible keepers. Shocking goalkeepers <laughs> yeah. in the past. But now you've got Edison or Allison. They've almost got that, that sort of Germany issue where yes. they've got Neuer and Testegen. Mm. Two great goalkeepers. Yeah. Very good team, Brazil. You know, my first ever memory of the World Cup was the 1970 World Cup. I'm really dating I don't myself here. <laughs> Give it to yourself. And Say I remember, it's 1986. Yeah. And I remember Pele. I mean, I don't remember watching it, but I remember people like reacting to it after that, you know, and how Pele was incredible. And, of course, they won against Italy, their third title back then. That Great was team. back in 1970. I wasn't. I, wa- I was born Neil, but I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't old enough to remember the great 1966. You were just joining you university, again. weren't you? <laughs> 1966. But that's why. That's my segue to uh, <laughs> talking about England because I know we're talking about contenders, but we have a lot of listeners out there England, who are England, huge England. It's true. fans. It's true. In, not England, but England. England. Yes. <laughs> so. What about England's prospects? Gareth Southgate, we, he's had pain in major tournaments before as a player. Mm. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a pretty boring coach, let's, let's face yes. it. It's a fairly boring team, but how far can they go, do you think? Well, the funny thing about England was this is the first to- or is is it's the first tournament no expectations. Four years ago, there were some expectations, and I was almost in tears when I was told I had to follow England around Brazil. They lost to Uruguay, they lost to Italy, nil nil with yeah. Costa Rica, one of the worst games I have ever seen uh, <laughs> under Roy Dinosaur Hodgson. But Southgate is actually a smart move because. You couldn't have less expectations than England have right now. And the common theme with England at the moment is, it's kind of perverse. Because we have no expectations, because nobody cares, I think England will do well. Well, that's reverse psychology. That means you do think England will do well. It's the same as before. They've got three untested goalkeepers. Jordan Pickford will probably get the nod. He wants to play a back three Gareth Southgate with pretty untested players with the exception of uh, Gary Cahill who only found form arguably in the last six months or so. So it'll probably be Cahill, Stones. Stones has also had a slightly Mm. erratic season Mm -hmm. for Manchester City. Midfield, it's just okay. You know, Eric Dyer or Henderson, you know, Fabian Del. These are not players to get excited these about. Are, these are kind of B-list players. They're yes, not, they are. Not great, Up front players. is the key. Mm. Harry Kane, He's Deli great. Ali. Yeah, I wrote a piece this week for the TNP. Best case scenario, you could have an Italian 90 where we had two Spurs players, Gascoigne then and Gary Lineker then. Same positions mm. almost. Deli Ali now, Harry Kane now. Could history repeat itself? No, because the <laughs> Italian 90 side was a much better team. Yeah, it was. They were supported by Peter Beardsley mm. and, 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 and Chris Waddle. Different league. However, Harry Kane, Deli Alli, that is a very potentially exciting front two for England. There are no expectations. And look, if you cannot get a result against Panama and Tunisia, <laughs> you do not deserve to be to get through the group because it's by far the easiest group in the World Cup. So they've been drawn an absolute dream. Yeah, they always seem to get good draws. And Panama no are appearing in their first ever World Cup, no so excuses. no excuse not to beat them. Ash, 
France, uh, they are a team that a lot of people think can really go all the way this year. What about you? Definitely. I think they're really exciting. This team, even though my favourite player, Karim Benzema, was not called up. I mean, obviously for controversial <laughs> reasons. Yeah. But I've been watching the, on, I've been watching Netflix and I saw his documentary. Mm. And obviously Didier Deschamps, not a big fan of him. Yep. But I think France have the experience to, to make it up front without Benzema. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know Bappe, he's only 19. Good player. You know, mm. He's amazing. You know, they call him Donatello, but I mean, that's that's a joke for another day. Yeah. <laughs> but of <laughs> course, they have Griezmann, of course, yeah. and Oliver Giroud. Um, I mean, Griezmann's like taken to another level since yeah, 2014. Definitely. Griezmann is their Schweinsteiger in the sense that he's exactly. a very good tournament player. And, uh, and he he's is. got a buyout clause of 86 million that apparently is going to be bought finally this season mm. so I really expect that it's going to be a good tournament for them they might win but they're a little bit inconsistent I'm not sure what you think about France but I, I feel that that you know we don't know where, where, where they're going to go I mean they had a recent game against Colombia and the first mm. half they were attacking and second half they had defensive problems it was I, I think it was 3-2 I think the game mm. yeah. yeah they've yeah. been a bit erratic I mean, we, bit, yeah. we remember that 98-2000 period where they were so powerful then 2002 yeah. they yeah. kind of bombed out didn't they so Looking at the other contenders, Neil, uh, mm. you know, we're talking about Belgium, mm. um, Argentina. What, mm. what, other, what other nations are you going to put there as the main contenders? Belgium, for me, are like a poor man's France in the sense that they have a very good first 11, very yeah. talented first 11, mm. but usually underwhelmed at major tournaments. I just don't see them going over the edge as, as like previous tournaments. Yes, they've got Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Bruyne and Lukaku, yep. but I see them doing what France does. France always has best 11. You look at the players they left behind. Yeah. France, extraordinary oh. players. Oh, dear, but yeah. I, I was there in Paris in Euro 2016. They mm. were odds on favourite to beat mm, Portugal. True. And he said, no, today we don't play. That is the way <laughs> France is. You know, that's the way that if they're not fighting with each other, they're yeah. just not playing. There's just something yeah. about the French yeah, exactly. psyche. Yeah. Massive stereotype coming up now. But, you know, when they <laughs> no, don't want to play, though. they yeah. just don't play. Yeah. There is no reason well, on Dominic's earth. Well, not there anymore, so that, that's a help. That helps. Yeah. But there is no reason on earth why they should not have won in Paris on home soil, 70,000 mm. people, Le Bleu, Le Bleu, Le Bleu, Ali Le Bleu, everything, you know, mm. and Portugal with a very mediocre team beat them. Okay. The exactly. likes of Pogba did not deliver. And mm. he's, he's under a lot of pressure now, I think. He's had a couple of tournaments now, or yeah. this will be his second, where he hasn't, or he potentially won't step up after a pretty average season for Man U. Mm. So France, Belgium, for me... No, I don't see it. Argentina, similar situation to Brazil. Fantastic up front. I mean, uh, they're still, but all veterans. Uh, Angel Di Maria, uh, uh, Aguero, Messi, obviously. You've got to remember, I, I, I watched Argentina, and we'll segue nicely to the Asian teams. I watched Argentina play Iran in, mm. in Belo Horizonte. It was nil-nil until the 93rd minute. I remember. You know, Ca- uh, Carlos Queiroz's defence was magnificent against mm. Argentina. Needed a moment of magic from Messi. And I fear that will be the same thing again. It's Messi or bust. Messi needs a tournament of his life or Argentina don't go anywhere. All right, we'll talk more in a minute, but I just want your prediction for the winner now on this segment. Brazil. France. I say France. Brazil, France. Yeah. Okay, I say Argentina. Why not? <laughs> we'll have more discussion on the FIFA World Cup when we come back here on Weekend Mornings on Money FM.